Well, welcome back to the Horror Motel, friends. We are delighted to have you here uh, joining us this week. I am blessed, as always, uh, to be joined by my co-host, the... Okay, here we go. Let's start listing the verbs. The uh, charming, stunning, um, uh, incomp... I'm, I'm running out of words. This is it. I'm not going to be able to compliment you fully every single week. Uh, she's tremendous. She's amazing. She is all things horror and fabulous. Bunny galore. Everybody. Uh, that, that, I, I will take that to the grave, quite literally, this evening. <laughs> um, oh, thank you, Alice. Hello, darling. How are Hi. you? I'm good. It's been a busy week as I am just about to jet off to Canada yet again mm. on Sunday. She um, is international. She's so international. She's everywhere. When you least expect it, she pops up in a different country. I've got the passport now. I've no one's asked me to go anywhere. I'm still in. I'm still. I'm in this zone too. <laughs> well, apart from for zone one, but that's about it. I've gone out of zone two for quite a while. I went lie. I went oh. to South. I actually went to South End yesterday. Oh yes. Don't be jealous, everybody out there. Now I have played South End before, but I was seeing my friend Harriet Thorpe in a play. She's touring. Uh, in Still Magnolias at the moment. I saw it in Richmond and uh, a bigger, slightly bigger gang of us went to see a very wet Thursday afternoon matinee. Um, but we it was still a, a gorgeous play. Very, very lovely play. Very it's sad and funny. So what more we can ask? And Dame Harriet Thorpe. She's not really a dame. I just call her that. Um, in, a, in, a, in a great place. But yes, that's the first time I've been out of London in God knows how long. <laughs> I love that that's even oh, out of... Everything else has been cancelled. So when do you go away, my darling? I fly uh, in like two days. Two days. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, pretty excited. I've done the yes. pre-pack. I'm all ready to go, more or less. Um, yeah, but it's busy two days, so that's, yeah. Because yeah. you're on the road quite a lot, I, I would imagine your packing technique and my packing technique, which is non-existent. Um, it will be quite different. You, I would imagine you're quite organised because you know what you need, apart from probably different outfits. I guess. Are you very organised yeah. when you go away? Yeah. Well, okay. Because I I usually travel every weekend to go somewhere. I have um I have two of everything that I own. That way, like two of the brushes I like, two of the things. That, that way, I always have a little mini suitcase packed, ready to go at all times with like. Skincare products, anything that I want. That's my, it's always packed. Um, and then I just like change clothes. But because this is a larger trip, it does involve the bigger suitcase. And so it does get a little bit more complicated. But yes, I do have systems. I definitely yes. have systems. I would imagine you probably have a work one. And then you have a, uh, a leisure family, you know, one where you go, right, I'm going, because obviously Canada's a bigger trip, isn't it? So as you said. Yeah. So that will be like a, as you say, the, I love that the big suitcase. The big suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> trip. The big one. Big suitcase. Medium sized suitcase. Little suitcase for just one night gigs. Um, and yeah. it's, I kind of get that. I think so. Gig wise, I have because obviously Bunny Glory is quite a uh, cacophony of stuff. I have a suitcase yeah. for her, but me, I barely get for, uh, like a sort of like bag type of if I'm lucky. Uh, for my this is general stuff, yeah, you know, she would in the costumes and makeup and wigs and you know 
corsetry and sofa worth of corsetry that's involved in bunny galore um goes in a suitcase and then my stuff goes to somewhere else so when i actually go away away it's actually quite strange because i'm kind of not used to packing um really i just throw things and i'm 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 the worst culprit of like well you know i, I need things until the last minute i'll throw everything in the suitcase you know kind of the night or the morning of um because I don't have doubles of everything, because that would be far too sensible. I'm getting better, I think, at that. I think I'm I don't know better. if it's sensible or crazy, or just crazy that I'm like, that way I've got everything ready to go. I've got a grab bag. I've got a go bag, basically, at all times. Like, if a fire broke out of my house, I've got the bag ready, everyone. I'll also have a show outfit, a pair of pajamas. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I've got it all ready. The tricky thing now with traveling, though, is will the checked-on suitcase get to you so what you have to do now when you travel because so many bags are lost Mm. is put everything in your small suitcase the carry-on and i'm talking like one change of clothes a pair of pajamas a two you know you can buy a toothbrush but like anything also the things you don't want to lose like a pair of boots that maybe are of value to you that all goes in the little bag because the big bag is a gamble nothing but goes in the big bag is it that bad now i'm out of the last three times I've flown, two cases got lost. Like so, two out of three, oh I got them back, right. but they they get lost. And what you really want, though, tip to everyone: what you really want, if it's if they lose a bag, you hope that it's forty eight hours that you don't get that bag back, because then you get to go on a shopping spree. You get to be pretty woman and buy everything you want, and the airline has to pay for it. It's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, gosh. yeah, those are my travel tips. Hope is tricky. for 48 hours. Hope for 48 hours, yeah. I think this is why I keep on hearing this this horror story, though, particularly with particularly with drag artist performers, because obviously that is quite a problem if you lose your suitcase. So, um, yes, I mean, but what's the alternative? Put a wig in your hand luggage that to, you know, to go through um, the departure gate with. It's aware. I guess you could wear it, but... Uh, then you won't match your passport. Yeah, you could wear, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Like it's it's very interesting. It's it's a very interesting travel time, everyone. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Gosh, nightmare. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it'll be very exciting. Lovely, yeah. Terrified now of actually flying. Um, not not because of crashing, just because I get lose the suit. <laughs> yeah. Am I gonna get my stuff? That's the ultimate horror movie. Do I have my belongings when I get to my destination? What happens when you don't? Um, yeah, tricky. Oh, Ooh, I that was you. our first technical glitch. It that was, was exciting. I know. I lost you for a second. I was just going to pause dramatically. So we'll come back into the episode now. Um, you've back just in. said, you've just said something to me, Alison, which, which uh, made me go, Ooh, which was if you had to, if the house is on fire, you'd grab the suitcase. Yeah. And it just made me think, what would I grab first? I'm surrounded by 4,000 Doctor Who action figures and as well as a lot of costumes and, you know, hair and the rest of it. And uh, I'm just thinking, what would I grab? Obviously, Teddy Bear, uh, Bobo, my Teddy Bear, that's, I would grab him first, I think. But that's number one, I'm okay, just yeah. I'm trying to think what I would grab next. Do you have a, Do you have any idea, what you, apart from the office of the boyfriend, uh, what you'd grab Yeah, next? the boyfriend. <laughs> I assume he can make his own way, though, right? So I'm not going to be responsible for carrying him down the stairs. I'm going to be like, you smell the fire? Uh, we would we would run. 
So yeah, obviously the suitcase, which is right there. I hate to say, probably my computer. Isn't that I'm a because it's like yes, it's yeah it's something. Everything. That's, yeah, that's everything, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff. I've got yeah. a lot of edited stuff on my um from various TV shows and sh- uh, stuff and scripts and things on that. So that's probably it is backed up, but the backed up is here. <laughs> I don't really back. Yeah, exactly. It'd be in the fire. It it'd would be. It's not be backed up in the cloud. Well, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe from now on in the in the to go bags. We should have just a backed up, like a little uh, drive that you could just keep in your... Look at this. We're giving out so many handy tips for everyone. If there's a fire, when you're traveling. It's actually started off rather macabre. Is that the word? Macabre? That's a bit, yes. (laughs) It always macabre. Um, uh, That's the name of Alvaro's TV show, a movie macabre. So, yes, I love... uh, uh, Macabre is a great word, I think. I love that word. So the great advice, as always. With <laughs> I'm glad you really used it properly. I was really scared. I was like, uh... here at the Horror Motel, yeah. we give you advice and we give you wordplay. We're playing a little bit of wordplay. Oh, I love it. I love oh my goodness. Well, speaking of wordplay, if I may, the movie that we are bringing in this week, well, that I am bringing into the hotel and checking in. Is a is a play on on a on an an English biscuit actually is the name yes. of this movie, yeah yeah it, we have it in North America and Canada as well but uh, I believe right, the, okay. it's, the origins is a a biscuit here in the UK so the movie that I am bringing to the hotel this week one of my personal faves it has been with me for many years since I was a an adolescent with angst. Uh, the movie that I am checking into the hotel is Ginger Snaps, everyone. Ginger Snaps. A lovely edible treat as well as a delightful movie. Put them together, everyone, if you want. Um, now, when I brought this movie up, I was I was hoping that you would know of it. And you, of course, because you are horror movie uh, brilliance on two legs, you had absolutely seen it. What were your initial thoughts when I said I'm bringing Ginger Snaps? It was interesting because I I really remember the title and I remember I well I thought I remembered the movie. I think it has been because it's been a while. I have, I have a feeling in the in the recesses of my mind I haven't seen it since it came out in 2000. So I and I've tried to to confer with my old flatmate, but we 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 were flatmates from 2002 onwards. And he hasn't seen it, so I was, like, I was convinced I'd watched it with him. More for the teenage angst than the way... He's not into horror as such, but he was he was certainly would love the, the teenage angst, female power. That we, we'd watch Buffy a lot together, so we it was... I thought yes. it was to do with that. I could not remember how or where I'd seen it. Um, I think we were getting confused with... The, I was getting confused with the uh, Emma Colford, who plays Anya on Buffy. She does a film about the Tooth Fairy, um, which is out a couple of years later. And I got confused with that. And actually, I think it's called like Demons Rising or something, something a bit generic uh, or Demonic Rising. It's something very, very generic, that film. But <laughs> it, it should be called Tooth Fairy. And it, I think because that kind of stuck in my head. Uh, so when I rewatched it, I sat there going, I don't remember any of this. And then I thought, no, I do. There's these odd flashes. And it's more than just watching the trailer. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to see seen it, but the, not much had really um 
carried on in my memory apart from certain key scenes particularly there's a scene where the older sister is walking down a corridor and i thought this was such a great analogy for sexual awakening and confidence which the whole film is a bit like that but it's her walking <laughs> down the corridor and she's sheepishly and she, the, the, the two sisters are quite um geeky put down aren't they and kind of bullied quite a lot the old yeah. sister's slightly more empowered but she's quite shy and she's, you know, she's got the, the new highlights for her hair because she's a werewolf. And she's, <laughs> because that's what happens when you become a werewolf. You get some great streets. You get free highlights. Get hey, free there's highlights. bonuses, everyone. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about, I, mean, I have a whole conversation about the hair. Uh, but she walks down the corridor quite sheepishly. Uh, it's a tracking shot, so it starts at one end and, and it's full of students. And by the and then, and as all the boys are reaction, all the, you know, the jealous looks from the girls, Less lustful looks from the boys, but you know, halfway down the corridor, she becomes empowered, and you know, her head rises, and she becomes, uh, you know, confident of who she is. And I think that's a lovely shot. Uh, and I remember that. And I remember the. I remember the sisters, but I certainly didn't remember much of where the film was going. So, it, in other words, it was a lovely surprise, most of it, because that's oh. nice. So even if you have seen something before, if it's been long enough. I actually quite like that. I love it, leaving it long enough to go like, oh, I can't remember. I know I enjoyed this film. I don't quite remember exactly what happens. It's gorgeous because you, you, you're you like you're watching it again for the first time, but you know you enjoyed it. So you go, oh, this is a lovely yeah. little ride to get on. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it was quite a surprise to me. So I really enjoyed it, but it was, I don't remember very much of it for the first time. How How did you discover this film? Well, okay, because again, I mean, this spoke so much to me as a, you know, teenage gal. Uh, was I a teenage? I was still of, yeah, I was an older teenager, but I was still of that time, you know. And um, I just remember it. A, it is a Canadian mm-hmm. production. Yeah, I don't yes. remember that. It's starters. Out, yeah, 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 yeah. Canadian production. So I remember thinking that, uh, and it was the fifth highest grossing Canada film of 2001. Uh, But get this, it was banned from certain cinemas in the UK as it was seen as promoting violence amongst teenagers because it also came out kind of around the time of Columbine. Yes. And and so I think they, which is interesting because they were like, oh, we don't want to address this sort of thing. And I was like, well, actually, it is these movies that help us uh, kind of you know, address what is going on with bullying. And and because, you know, I always felt like such an outsider, this movie, again, spoke so, you know, so much to oh, me because it was like yes. two sisters that are, you know, outcasts. They're really into horror. And, you know, and then she gets bitten by a werewolf. Essentially, that's what happens. Look, the older sister, Ginger, gets bitten by a werewolf. They're out and about. Ginger also gets her period and they kind of allude to like that's why the werewolf. That's why the yeah. That, I was a bit like I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. In fact, I, I was a little. I kind of forgot it was a werewolf movie. It was that long ago, uh, or as much as yeah. obvious as as kind of full blooded werewolf movie as it is. Uh, I thought it was a little yeah. bit more. You wouldn't see as much of that. that the, after she's got the period of walking, yeah. I know that she gets attacked. Full on opening scene of American Werewolf in London type of attack. I was like, oh my goodness! I, mean, I was not expecting that. It's at all. so funny because they really tie a great, and I think also what I like about it is, uh, you know, uh, you, they tie a great like uh, connection between like getting your period and calling it the curse, and you know, so she gets her period, she gets bitten by a werewolf, and then like. You know, she becomes a werewolf. There's this big transformation in her. But it's, it, I mean, it's really about like 
you know, becoming a woman. And so she yes. confuses a lot of these things with what's happening with her is, you know, is this part of that? And I just thought, oh, my God, that's so funny. The whole idea of like, I like, uh, the transformation and yeah. becoming a werewolf. And I was like, God, it does sometimes feel, you know, so it's a very, yeah. there is a lot of reference to menstruation and blood, uh, which I don't know. I just hadn't had a lot of horror movies in the past that did that because it is a, a mainly a female cast, it, yes. it, you know, with a few guys interspitting, like, you know, here and there. So for me, it really just spoke to, like, I guess me as a girl and what I was kind of going through. And I just loved the idea of, like, oh, you've got the curse, the curse, and then, you know, the whole werewolf element. I just loved it so much. So I think that's why it really it really stood out to me. Um, and it's interesting, too, because uh, fun things about this movie that I found out afterwards, and I loved this when I heard this. Look, when it comes to horror movies, I'm always a fan of real effects handmade effects handmade prosthetics yes, uh, i feel the art special the effects, effects yeah. yeah is getting lost you know i know there's a lot of brilliant cgi work and that is an art form in and of itself don't get me wrong but like movies that have like actual like it's like art watching someone you know and so the director mr fawcett john fawcett refused to have cgi effects in the film opting for all special creature effects to be done with prosthetics and makeup. So when she is the werewolf, it took her about six hours to get into like, which I'm still like, well, was it a slow prosthetic person? Because, uh, you know, the makeup is great, but six hours, that's a long time. But yeah, that's what they did every single time was it was like a full on, you know, which I really appreciate. I, I, I just love it. You know, The Exorcist to me is still stands the test of times out of all the horror movies that exist. And think about that. That was made during a time where it was all handmade effects. Mm. It, so to see that sort of artistry always makes it, me It's always a good thing, isn't it? Uh, weirdly, I think there's a kind of a swing back towards more practical effects lately, um, but with added CGI. Uh, in the last, I think that glut of the two thousand, the nineties into two thousands, a great example is the prequels of the Star Wars movies, where it's all green screen. And I think because people weren't, you know, they might have a little, like maybe a a, a chair that was practical. The rest of it is all in, uh, done in uh, CGI later on. Uh, you could see the actors are a bit lost and a little bit bored because they've got nothing to react off and I've, slowly it started coming back and more and more and more and even with model shots they still use models a lot more than they do I, I ever thought they did um, lately uh, until I saw a few makings of I can't think of specific examples here but like the, yeah there's more more model work going on mixed with CGI than I ever expected uh, just because it yeah. makes it I think you know there's just something about the weight of something or the shadows of something is that that's real and i love a model show i absolutely love i was watching a little um history of the making of the prac funny enough i was watching a youtube video on the practical effects on king kong 1933 this morning um which i went oh wow i know i was a bit like interesting title click um uh, because obviously we all know about the the the, the stop motion animation that is in king kong I didn't realize there was two monkeys, which kind of makes sense why some of the faces look different, because apparently it was quite hard to replicate the faces. Uh, and then there's some very small ones, the one that you see going up the Empire State Building, that's a very, very, very small one. And then, uh, but yeah. the, this video was more about like the full-size bust and the hand and the way they were using back projection uh, with the models or the 
back projection of the models with real people and for 1933 because we're coming up now that's 90 years old now that movie uh you know in 10 years time it's going to be the centenary of it so it, the the amount of clever things they were doing in cinema it only just had sound about five years beforehand uh frankenstein and dracula had just come out in 31 th uh, that era um so it was yeah it, it still astounds me what they do in in king kong uh, but there's amazingly amount, I think because people are fans of those things, that's why you still get the practical heavy effects that you get now um, in things, just gives it more weight and more gravitas. And I think it really works with with uh, monster makeup because unless you're very, you've got a lot of money or, you do, you're, do, or you're doing a ghost, if you're doing something that's not real, obviously not that werewolves are real, but, but <laughs> if you're doing something that doesn't have a corporeal form, yes, of course you could do CGI. And if you're doing something that's actually, you know, a human attacking, then it's like a human shaped, then I think it should be practical. I think just for the actor's sake of it. I do too. Else. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think a now, I'm not saying. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you said, I'm not saying all the effects have aged well in Ginger Snaps. But um, no, no, there there were definitely moments where I watched it and I was like, oh, this doesn't stand the test of time. This is a little, you know, and there were some moments where I was like, OK, pick it up. So, you know, I you could see the, the age. You could see the age. Yeah, yeah I, for sure. I think I could see the I could see the age more in. Um, I think if it was CGI, that would age really badly because they probably wouldn't have the budget to do that much for that amount of money back then. But with the practical effects, age okay. It's more the way it's shot and the pacing and the script. I think in some places you can see it's a bit clunky. In some places it feels very fresh. In some in in some areas it feels very modern. Um, I think there's there's the boy transformation towards the end where there it, there seems it looks like it's been shot in some random park in broad daylight. That I don't think ages very well. And it was yep. probably maybe film. It almost looks like it's been shot as a pickup later on because he probably disappeared or something like that or it doesn't that doesn't seem very in keeping with everything else you have a good eye you have a good eye because during the filming they actually had to film a lot at night and so they would bring in a big like they would just flood daylight to create the illusion of daylight so like you were probably noticing when you're like something's off it just doesn't yes. feel it's a weird, you know, but they had to do a lot of filming at, uh, in the evening. So, yeah, that's what they did for a lot of the shots. So, good high. Maybe that's why then. You. Yes, probably is. Yeah. It's, yeah, it probably is then. It's, it was some odd bits, but the, most of it feels very coherent. But there's just this odd. I, I don't wonder if, it, oh, is that reshoots? Is that something that kind of didn't quite land? Uh, generally, yeah. the film does, I think, but it's some bits have a, a some age, some of bits have aged worse than others. Let's put it that way. Yes. But some bits sort of yeah, no. very, very new and very kind of, you know, still stand the test of time, I think. I think the subject matter and, and what it is, I think now would be a good time yes. for it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like who runs the world? Girls. And yes. so it, to me, this the timing for this sort of movie would be now. Um, and I would love to see, look, I'm not a remake fan, but it, it would be interesting to see a, the public's interest in it. Yeah. B, what you could do with it now, you know, because, yeah, I, I just loved it. So also the two actresses that were in it, uh, so Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins. 
So although Catherine Isabel is supposed to be playing Emily Perkins' older sister, she's actually four years younger than Emily, which I thought was really interesting. So the older sister is actually younger than the younger sister in actuality. And both girls came from Vancouver, and they had a really hard time casting because it is it is the people, I think, in this movie that really make it. There's good... The, the two sisters do a great job of the younger yes. sister following the big sister. Like, the big sister is the leader. They do, like, you know, um, death photography, so they pretend like they're, they've are they died in, like, horrific oh, actions. Oh, yes, that was genius, wasn't it? It was... That was it yeah. makes the it's during the title sequence as well as the the, the opening titles and it's it's really yeah. quite disturbing some of those. I was going, I don't remember Very. this bit. Because actually they don't really come back they come back to it once, don't they? But um it, yeah. it's not really mentioned again, but um but they're no. they're, they're like, This is what the girls about. do with their time before they become werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Previously on Dynasty. And it was just this uh, <laughs> just like what's going on? Uh, but it, well, that I found really quite spooky that those those sections because I suppose it's real death, isn't it? Because you went, oh my god! In fact, I think the first one you see, I was thought, oh my god, they killed her already. Uh, no, no, it's not. It's the, they're recreating these scenes, yeah, of of death. And so <laughs> they do a great job of like showing the connection the the sisters have and and what they're into, which is which is really great. Um, and so I love that they also these girls apparently I think why there was such a connection between them is because they uh, went to the same high school in Vancouver. They actually had the same acting agent. What a surprise. That acting agent was probably like, cha-ching, cha-ching, take both my girls. (laughs) And so they had a whole history together, which I think probably helped them to have a bit of a connection. Um, And then I also loved when Ginger loses her virginity and has sex with a boy. This is once she becomes a werewolf. I love the, what they did is they treated the werewolf like a, like a, an ST, an STI, like yes, he then yes, caught he the like werewolf yeah. through sex, yeah. yeah and so is. he slowly becomes this werewolf <laughs> and yes. is like, what's going on with me? So it's lovely to see this whole idea of like teenagers going like, I'm going through changes uh, while they're becoming werewolves, but yet it's a real reflection on like actual changing as it, I, I just love that. I, I just thought it was so good. It, it, it really made me laugh. And he was great. The, the guy. He's great. He's great. I love the yeah. uh, the curly-haired bully girl. That's the official title. Uh, curly-haired bully yeah. girl. Uh, she was really good. Because it's hard to play those baddies sometimes and kind of yeah. make it too sort of um, horrible or anything. So it's, she's really good. Yeah, it is a really tight cast, I think. It's, it's really... Uh, it feels very natural. It feels very. It doesn't feel like self-indulgent, which could be really dangerous for something like this. Um, yeah. I don't know how yeah. old they all are. They probably actually mm, late teens, early twenties. I would say uh, in yeah. real life, right. I would probably um, playing. I guess they're supposed to be sixteen. Um, rather, sixteen. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, eighteen, okay. nineteen. Probably they were playing. That's- yeah, because I get so because we don't really have it here. Uh, we don't really. I think we do have high school here now, but they're just. I think that's what they call secondary school. Um, you don't. You know that where you go to a different place at forty. That you, a different school at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, whatever it is in America, yeah. before you go yeah. to college. Uh, whether we just carry on um, here, I think uh, I can't remember what we do, but it wasn't as defined as that in the UK. Yeah, when I was growing up, anyway. Back in 1804. Um, so now, that I think, because now we have things like the prom and we have things called high school, but I, I'm still really confused what high school means in the UK. Um, 
but it's it's ripe for uh, fiction, isn't it? Because it's that era yeah. where you're hitting real teen age, um, and I guess I suppose this came out in two thousand. It's t- it's two or three years into Buffy as well, isn't it? And I can and I Absolutely. Went, oh I I can kind of see the a lot of the Buffy. Um, uh, not inspiration, perhaps, but not not that they're ripping off Buffy at all. But um, it's very much oh, it's at high school, it's you know werewolves in high school. It's like you know all the monsters you get in Buffy at high school. So I can see where Absolutely. the perhaps where it's kind of got maybe not written, maybe it was written before this, but it certainly got greenlit probably because yeah. of things like Buffy at the time, uh, which I yeah, like the trend is going this way. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the the other alternatives before the girls were cast, a couple of people that I uh, auditioned, and I always like this was a uh, Kate Beckinsale. I always say it wrong. Beck- oh yes, Kate Beckinsale. Beckinsale. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Thank you. And Zoe De Chanel from um, uh, oh, you probably wouldn't even know. Oh, well, I know the name. I don't know where. TV show. Oh, I'm trying to think. Anyway, she had like very a fringe, very similar to mine. Actually, I want her hair. So that <laughs> just to Zoe De Chanel. She is. Great fringe and um, God, I'm trying to that girl. No, was it that girl? Anyway, it was a North American TV show. So they they were auditioned. Uh, considered for the Mr. Wayne was Robin Williams. I mean, that would have been a big name to pull in. Robin Williams wow, and Tim it. Tim Allen. They Tim were Allen. two people that were Tim Allen. Yeah, wow. like big names. Which amazes me because I was like, this is a, a Canadian, you know, film that was shot in six weeks as well. This was just a get down six and dirty, weeks? do it. Six weeks. Six wow. weeks it was filmed. Yeah. Yeah. Wowzers. yeah. That's that's um, quite big swings, isn't it, on all, on all that casting. Um, huge. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Um, quite, that's quite a lot. I, is, is there a sequel? I can't remember. I have a feeling there is. Um, there is two. There is So there's the sequel, oh. but then there's the third that is the prequel. Um, Discussion yes. online? Yeah. What yes. order to watch it in? People are like, you know, you should watch the prequel, then watch the first and the second. But, you know, traditionalists are like, no, always watch the first movie, then watch the second. Then if, even if it's a prequel, because you have more investment, which I agree. I think I like the idea of watching the movies in which they are created. I always say that, yes, especially with things like, say, with the Star Wars movies, if anything's uh, skip the prequels. Um, but uh, with that, I guess if you've watched them already, uh, I, I guess if you go back to it, it's interesting. You can watch them in order, perhaps if you go back um, timeline order-wise. So if you could go back and watch the prequel and then watch the second two. Um, I think that's what we were... Uh, it's very much like the um, Lost Boys sequels, wasn't it? The um, the two... Yeah. The, the Adventures of the Frog Brothers that we were talking about in the last the last episode. Uh, so it's... Uh, it's that era of the... Well, it used to be the straight to VHS. Now, at that point, it was uh, straight to DVD, probably, uh, cash-in uh, movies. Yeah. Uh, pre-streaming, I suppose. Now, we, it's everything's on streaming. Yeah. You kind of just don't realise how um, sort of medium budget things can be sometimes. But um, I'd be interested to see what those films are like, actually. And also, because I guess that would, inv- the prequel would involve the werewolf that attacks them at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Where that came from. Because it, we never find out anything it, about anything, that werewolf. Yeah, no, nothing. I don't know if it's Because he bites her. Yes. Yeah, male? I, I, male? Yeah, it's because yeah. he bites her. They're walking around. Then she disappears into the woods. Then younger sister goes looking. Where is she, Bridget? Ah, Ginger, Ginger. And then we see Ginger 
jump out of the forest and it's like run and they run and they run across a, a motorway, a highway, mm-hmm. and then the werewolf gets hit and killed as far as we are aware because we never see the werewolf see, again. Yeah, we never even hear it. So I bet you the prequel is about the werewolf that bit Ginger. Very smart. That's I'm what's my pitch. Watch it now. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We might have another Ginger Snaps in the making, everyone. Yeah, exactly. We might have a, a middle-aged Ginger Snaps. What she's like is a middle-aged werewolf, right? Like, what's going on with her now? Oh, my goodness. And also, because you see the werewolf hit by the car, normally in werewolf movies, they kind of, a bit like the Terminator, they come back together, don't they? They can't, they can't be killed like that unless it's something silver. And if the bumper was made of silver, he's not going to die. So, um, he, he, so in, if you're following the cinematic lore of werewolves, he's going to come back to life. So be interesting to see. Now, talking of hairy things, we need to talk about the wigs and the hair in this movie. Because the wig that the young... Tell me your thoughts. Oh, my goodness. See, this is trouble with HD, isn't it? If you wouldn't notice this on VHS. Um, uh, If you... The wig that the younger sister is wearing... Oh, Bridges, yeah. It seems to be a hard front. Now, the difference between a hard front and a lace front is... For theatre and film, um, hair is knotted onto a fine lace at the front of a wig. Uh, For film and TV, it's on TV lace, so film lace, which is very, very fine and cut right back to the edge. And, you know, it will obviously be destroyed quite easily, so they probably go through quite a few for a show or a film. Uh, In theatre, it's left longer because the audits are very far away, you can't see it. Bit of a problem when you're doing promo stuff because you end up with like three inches of lace on the front of the wig, so... But yeah. uh, for this, it doesn't seem to have any lace on it. And I'm pretty sure I can see her own hairline at the front. So I think all she's done is push the hard front back uh, a, a couple of millimetres so it kind of just give her own hairline at the front. I was like, if you're going to use a hard front, fine, but use the actress's own hair and pull it out and put it over the wig so it looks like it's a, you know, like a three-quarter piece, but it's, oh gosh, yeah, that was, that was quite painful. And Americans do love to have four times the human natural human amount of hair in a wig it's always too much oh yeah hair. so it's it looks yeah. like this, it's a bit like jamie lee curtis in halloween too it's just too much hair and it's like if you took out half the hair from that it would look like actual of actual humans you know if you're trying to be realistic but they always have it yeah. really thick and it's like oh uh, and uh, the older sisters obviously she gets the love you know just by the way get a few little gray highlights and then as the film Great goes on, highlights in the front, yeah, yeah, and it gets more and more as the film goes on until I think she's basically in a white. Now that white wig she wears is actually quite nice. That's a proper lace front, and it's kind of thing. But maybe things were hired. If it's a six-week shoot, perhaps it's not made for the film. Maybe they were hired, so that's probably why it's like it is. They probably just didn't have the budget because they're not. They're, they're, you know, they're about two or three thousand pounds each at least. Um, it's not. You know, it's not cheap to do that to do that so there we go but that was that was for the uh the wig person inside me i was slightly combusting just Checking watching the, going a word going, oh, God, what is that what is that um but it's hard to do especially especially when now things are cleaned up and hd and 4k you yeah it really you probably you're probably seeing it clearer than it would have been at the cinema in 2000 now if you watch it on tv sure so that's the problem with it with i understood two one why the younger sister even needed a wi- I was like, can't you just no, I don't her hair and make her hair emo on its own? Like, why do yeah. we need to have this goth wig? She doesn't yeah. need a wig. Spend all the money on Ginger's wigs, all right? We need yeah. all the money on the werewolf. Yeah, she, and her wigs are okay. Her wigs are actually okay for, for Ginger's, but uh, uh, but 
I, w- I wonder if it was something to do with maybe she had short hair or it was to try to make her look younger perhaps or more dorkier. Uh, and maybe I, I think it's supposed to make because the hair is quite coarse with that game. I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's yak hair, but it, it's kind of quite uh, a bit like Hermione Granger in in um, in the Harry Potter. It's kind of it's it's meant to look like she. It's kind of you know, ugly duckling type of hair. So I guess it's yes. a choice for that. I agree though. It's like just let her, just let her have her own hair and just make it greasy or something like that. You know, just yeah, it. yeah. If you're kind of worried about that sort of thing, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so there we go. So that's my take on the wigs. I love <laughs> oh, that we went so deep that. into the wigs, everyone. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's the first so time it's come basically. Up. Yes. Yeah, uh, with that is true. I lo- and you know what? As we continue on, I always want your. In depth wig oh, perception. Oh, it will become knowledge. Coming. Yes, yes, yes. It because it didn't even dawn on me that she had a wig. The younger sister had a wig until there was like one shot where I looked and I was like, Is that a wig? Why has she been wearing a wig this whole? I just didn't even understand. I, I think you, by the way, I think even I didn't clock it for for a while into the film because I think it might have been like a daylight scene or I think it's when they're playing lacrosse. I think it's that. I think it's the it's the lacrosse. One of those floodlight scene. scenes. Those floodlight yeah, it, scenes did them no favor. Yeah, it's when it's brightly lit, you suddenly go, "Oh, hold on a minute, that's like, or maybe it slipped or something like that." Or in, you know, things happen. If you watch Highlander, though, I remember seeing the lace front that the the lead character is wearing. He's on his he's on the on his back on the ground, and the lace of has literally come off, and you can see it flapping. Again, you probably would notice on an old VHS, but suddenly in HD, you go, "Oh my goodness, that's really bad." So it does it does happen. Yeah, it does happen. Interesting. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, so if you, I think I can say, if you're looking for somewhat of a different sort of a spin on a on a, on a werewolf movie, it's good. Uh, you might again be like, eh, not all things stand the test of times, but I'm a big believer. We got to go walk back and watch classics, watch random so we can always appreciate where we've grown, what we've become as horror movie uh, fans, you know. Um, so if you want to hear about two outcast sisters that must deal with a tragic consequence when one of them is bitten by a werewolf, then this is the movie for you. Also, if you watch the other ones, let us know. Let us know what you think of the uh, the sequels. Uh, let us know if there's one that you think we should watch before we watch the other one, because I think one is supposed to be a little bit better than the other. I forget which one, but mm-hmm. people were saying on the online. So if there's any Ginger Snap experts out there, you let me know where I should go. There's been talks about a Ginger Snaps TV series. That would be good. That would be a great idea. Yeah, it'd be a whole new Buffy, a new Buffy generation, right? This will be for the a werewolf. Yeah. So, I mean, I would love that. Again, I think it's a little bit of like girl empowerment, females. You know. Yeah. I do like the idea. So, so get into it. But um, this brings me to the question that I want to ask you. Now now that I've rebrought Ginger Snaps into your life and I've uh, been like, let's let's look at this again, let's analyze it. Once you've looked at the wigs, you've had feelings about it. Where in our lovely establishment would you check in Ginger Snaps? So I was thinking because it is quite hair orientated, just off reception, uh, a little bit neglected at the moment, we've got our own little horror motel hair salon. It's yes, only got we one. Do. We have one sink, one dryer, one Ray cracked mirror. <laughs> but I would put definitely ginger snaps in the horror motel hair salon 
because you know the werewolf they could sort the wigs out there and they need a little bit of TLC on the wigs they can you know sort of uh, they're not like vampires they don't have to worry about a mirror and they you know can read the magazines teen magazines there and you know that I think I would put it in (laughs) so I think it needs a little bit of work a little bit of zhuzhing but I think it's still glorious and it's uh, I love the female empowerment of the movie Uh, I, I know I love all the sexual awakening uh, allegories that are in the movie. So I would put it in the hair salon. Oh, I love that you put it in the hair salon. Even as you were saying that, I was thinking the scene too, uh, where she's removing all the hair. Remember, because she's yes, all this yes, so she's exactly. shaving it with razors. So we can also wax them down. We can help them with what's yes. going on. We can talk, you know, you can get your hands on those wigs and really fix them, right? Pocket <laughs> make them what they should have been in the first place. I love love that you checked it into the hair salon. And I love that you've reminded me that we even have the hair salon. God, we really got to work on that room. That room needs so, so many things. So many things to needs updating at the horror motel. But you know, that's why it's the horror motel, because it's a little <laughs> macabre. That's my that's our new word. It's it's very macabre. It's macabre, everyone. The name of this episode is macabre. Uh, well, I am delighted that you went back in time with me and uh, watched one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, and next week, are we going to give any testers about what? Yes. Uh, well, firstly, a public announcement. Don't forget, boys and girls, you can join us on our Patreon if you would like to see the video versions of these episodes and see us full-blooded if you're really brave. Uh, <laughs> come and join us on Patreon for three pound a month. Bargain. We'll be adding more things as we go along, but you know, we're, we're, you know, we're just starting out. So with the, if you'd like to join us on Patreon, the link is in the bio. And next week, I am bringing an all-time classic to the Horror Motel. I won't even say the title i'm just gonna go yes it's jaws are you ready swimming allison oh my god i can't wait i'm putting on my swing cap now here we go we're putting water in the pool i'm excited for this everyone i think some water in that pool yes so join us next week on horror motel for jaws